on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. We're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder going on a three-game winning streak since SGA's injury that was silent him until the All-Star break. Josh Giddy controls the game with his eyes. And how does this win impact the Thunder moving forward a week away from the NBA tread deadline? All of this and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the, th- the fact that the Thunder keep winning these games without SGA and how does that impact the team's future plans. Lou Dort gets hot offensively and Josh Giddy continues to roll. But the, the big story tonight after the Thunder win 96-93 over Portland and hand Portland two losses in this week alone after Portland made a trade this afternoon that gets them a lot worse, and they just kind of enter almost full tank mode in Portland. How does this win and this week impact what's going to happen for Sam Presti and this organization moving forward? Because the deadline is on Thursday, on the 10th of February, and the Thunder are 3-0 and without SGA, who is out until at least the All-Star break with the ankle injury. At that point, he'll be reevaluated, and then we'll see where his new return date is after that. And Portland has lost four straight. The difference between Oklahoma City at four on tankathon.com and Portland at nine is three games. The playoffs are razor thin, and that's what people mostly look at, but the, the tanking battle is also razor thin right now in the NBA. There are still a lot of games to be played and a lot of ways that the Standings can hurt you, no matter if you're in a position of uh, power in the playoff standings or in the tanking standings. And you never want to overreact on a small sample size in the NBA. But on Monday, when this injury first happened and, and first went down, I said on this podcast, hey, this can change the way Sam Presti views the deadline next Thursday, because now you are in a position where you're probably going to lose a lot of games. You're probably going to find yourself losing these games to benefit your draft pick without SGA. And now you can play hardball with Kenny Hustle and with Mike Muscala because Kenneth Williams and Mike Muscala are very coveted right now on the trade market. They can help a lot of teams win a lot of games. They can help a team get over the hump. They can win playoff series, but the Thunder also want to keep Kenneth Williams, for example, who has said he wants to retire in Oklahoma city. And of course is a great culture setting guy for this program. And also, a guy who you can move forward with as a part of your core whenever it is you want to compete again in a year or two or three. And so I thought Monday that the SGA injury could clear things up on this front. Even saying that, you know, if Sam Presti truly does want a first round pick for Kendrick Williams, and that's not just posturing to up his value, you can stick to your guns and say, look, we don't have to trade this guy because we're going to be losing games anyway. Now that SGA is silent for 10 games. Well, SGA is out for 10 games at least, and you're 3-0 to start that 10-game stretch. 
And we're never going to know the true answer to this, no matter if Kenneth Williams is traded or not on Thursday. But I do wonder if these three games impact in any way Sam Presti's mindset moving forward with Kenneth Williams and Mike Muscala. Tonight, you beat Portland 96-93. Portland has a chance at the end uh, to tie this game and go to overtime. Had they had a timeout remaining in this game, they probably would have uh, gone to overtime in this contest. Kenny Hustle scores 10.6 rebounds, four assists, two steals. Muscala, 11 points, five rebounds, a block in 12 minutes. And even without SGA, Jeremiah Robertson Earl, Aaron Wiggins, Derek Favors, they are still winning games. Can you tank with Kenneth Williams and Mike Muscala? And again, this is a very small sample size. Very small. It's only three games worth, and the Thunder are still not a good team. But the problem is, even though they're not a good team, and even though they're not going to go win a championship, or uh, despite being three games back right now to play in, they're not going to go to the playoffs. The problem is, in order to get to where you want to be, in this lottery odds situation, you need to beat teams like Portland. You need, you need to lose to teams like Portland, not beat them. You need to lose these games against tanking teams. And now Portland's right there with you. I mean, there are three games back of you in the tankathon standings. They've made this huge trade to send away Robert Covington and Norm Powell, and they're just looking like they're going to enter the tank. And they made the Clippers better in the process, who also you own their unprotected first round pick. And, Whereas once a time that the, the Clippers look like they were in shambles, and now they got a lot better with this trade. So the question remains, can you hold on to Kenneth Williams and Mike Muscala and get where you want to go? Now, look, I get it that it's still a draft lottery and that moving up to the bottom three from or even staying at four guarantees you nothing because the best you can do is get a 14% chance at the first overall pick. All moving up does is lower the floor of what you can drop. And there have been stories of you know, Charlotte and uh, Toronto and all these different teams leaping up, Memphis leaping up high in the draft, New Orleans, to get the prize prospects. And last year, the Thunder have pretty well the worst-case scenario possible unfold in the draft lottery, and they still come away with Josh Giddy, who is – playing at a blue-chip level and looks like a franchise-altering guy. But remember, last year in the draft cycle, we were saying that's a historic rookie class. There was buzz that it can be that of 2003. Now, given that it does not likely have the best player in the world in it, it won't match 2003, but that's how deep last year's draft was. As we stand right now in early February... This is a three-player draft in terms of who can truly change a franchise. The Thunder have a lot of really nice pieces. They need another franchise guy to pair with SGA and Josh Kitty. Sam Presti will make the right decision, and he has a, a good track record of drafting players, and you, and you trust Sam Presti to get the best value for their pick. But... There's only so much you can do if you keep having bad lottery odds and keep having bad lottery luck. And the thing about trading up in this draft is, again, it's a three-player draft right now. Now, that can change. There's still about half a college season left, and, of course, things ramp up at the combine, and 
whenever you have private workouts, which should be back to normal this year and interviews and things like that, meetings with agents, everything factors in. So still a long ways to go. But if this remains a three-player draft, the thing about trading up is the Thunder, number one, don't really have sweeteners you want to part with. You don't want to part with SGA. You don't want to part with Josh Giddy. So then who's left to be a sweetener? The only option there would be Lou Dort, and there's a huge majority who do not want to trade away Lou Dort. So let's put him in there as well as the non-sweetener. Then who is your sweetener? Because in a three-player draft, if you fall outside that bottom three, you cannot give that team a player that they want. So it would be hard to overwhelm them with draft picks. We saw that last year. You can't overwhelm Detroit to get Kate Cunningham whenever you're offering them Josh Giddy. And again, at the time, we're talking about the time, how at that draft night, the sixth pick was not even close to the value of the first pick or the second pick or the third pick. So you missed out on, on Cade Cunningham, on Evan Mobley, on Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs. It still worked out. It still worked out. But in this draft, if you cannot do what's best for the organization moving forward in the sense of getting the high odds, it might not work out. You're playing with fire a little bit because this draft class is not as deep in the sense of star power as last year's was. Still a long ways to go. It's still only a three-game winning streak. And in my in my opinion, everyone is set in their ways on pro-tank versus anti-tank. You're not going to change anybody's mind on how they feel about if the Thunder should tank or not. And we have no control over if the Thunder tank or not or if the Thunder win games every single night. So I'm just going to cover it and let it unfold as it happens and have some fun doing it. But this is part of covering the, the Thunder right now ahead of the deadline. Do they trade Kenny Hustle or Mike Muscala? I think that this three-game winning streak really does impact the decision-making process here as the Thunder operate with an open roster spot and they operate $23 million under the cap and poor, poor sources that are very reliable and very good sources. They want to take on bad money in a two-for-one type deal to earn a better asset. And another way they can earn a better asset is by offering up Kenneth Williams, who can help every single team in the NBA, but especially contending teams. So, We'll see what happens coming up at the NBA trade deadline and coming up on the Lockdown Thunder podcast. We're going to continue breaking down this win against Portland. Talk about Lou Dort's hot streak, Josh Giddy, Ty Jerome even made a huge impact in this one, and how in the world did the Thunder continue to win SGA? All that and more coming up. But first, I want to say right now, we're good friends over at betonline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season marches through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks, BetOnline.net remains at the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even live real-time updates on current games. So do not wait. Take advantage right now of these amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts we are back on the lockdown thunder podcast and the lockdown podcast network your teams every day speaking of the trade deadline in the first segment i want to thank you right now for making lockdown thunder your first listen every single morning every single day we're here talking thunder basketball for your second listen though remember to go subscribe to the lockdown nba youtube page because the nba trade deadline on february 10th on thursday 
will happen at 3 p.m. Eastern. But the Locked On NBA podcast will have you covered for a live show from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. That's 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Central. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd to get a breakdown of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube. Turn on the notification for the live show, and you'll know whenever they go live. I'll be in there. I'll hop on there if the Thunder make a big move. I'll be in the chat telling you what I'm hearing about the Thunder and the deadline as a whole as well. So hop in there, have some fun, and watch our live show on the Lockdown NBA YouTube page. John Corrales, Josh Lloyd, and Kim Becker, as well as all of our local experts when their team makes a huge splash. Speaking of a huge splash, Lou Dort was incredible. Four for eight from three tonight, 43 points. I should say, well, if he had 43 points, folks, that would have been incredible. That, that would have led the show, even despite the trade deadline drama, right? But he had 23 points tonight. You can tell it's a West Coast trip, tipped at 9 p.m. Didn't have a ton of coffee. Only only splurged for one coffee, and that was that tip off. Should have probably had more. First leg of a back-to-back, though. Got to pace myself day game after a night game. High sky, hard ground. You know the drill. Seven rebounds, two assists as well. Missed a clutch free throw at the end, which could have been huge for the tank, right? You missed that free throw. Portland stays down just three instead of down four. Now, luckily, Portland had no timeouts and missed the shot, but they got a great look from three that just kind of rimmed out at the tail end of the shot, which could have sent them to overtime, but missed that clutch free throw being the only blemish for Lou Dort tonight, who played great defense as always and had a block as well in that end. Lou Dort was special tonight. He's been great this entire road trip so far, especially from beyond the arc, shooting very well. Uh, And Lou Dort has picked up a lot of the slack left behind by the SGA injury. And Ty Jerome touched on that after the game. You know, know, SGA is one of, if not the best isolation players in the NBA. He creates offense for others and himself. And it's about 25 points per game that you've got to create somehow on on top of keeping your normal pacing. That's a 25 point per, point per game hole in this roster. Not to mention losing Jerry, not to mention losing Aaron Wiggins, not to mention losing uh, Derek Favors and not playing in this game. Like there's a lot of pretty valuable rotational pieces that just aren't here right now. And for the Thunder to come together and all pick up and pitch in uh, to continue to, to chip away and get a win is a big deal still. And part of that reason was Josh Giddy, who continues to be an elite passer. Josh Giddy is one of the best inbounders in the NBA. Now, I don't know how we can quantify that. Uh, I would challenge some statisticians out there to make an inbounding stat chart thing. It'd be pretty interesting to me because I think that Josh Giddy is the very best at this. He did it again, just as he did on, on Wednesday against the Mavericks. At the end of the game, a huge clutch situation, out of timeout scenario. They run this little stack look that you're used to seeing in elementary schools. And Josh Giddy, with his eyes, moves Mike Muscala to the basket, frees him up wide open. It's a great pass. Muscala bobbles it. Would have been an easy bucket, automatic bucket, but he bobbles it, heads to the line instead. Josh Giddy is just a great passer and a great kind of student of the game in the sense of he, he truly understands basketball and understands what you're going to do before you do it and can just kind of tell the flow of the game and the flow of a certain play. And I have to imagine that that just comes with a ton of studying and a ton of film and a ton of uh, just preparation on every opponent in every scenario and just experience as well, of course. But you know, still, 
he's only 19 years old. So his experience is limited in this way of this has to just be from him working overtime and reviewing the tape and just seeing how he can get better and how little tips, right. Of a, of a defender, maybe leaning this way, meaning that you can free up a guy to go that way with your eyes and just different little intricacies like that. I think play a big part of why Josh Giddy uh, is such a great player right now, even as this 19 year old kid, like it is incredible how mature Josh Giddy is as a basketball player. He even hit a step back in this game from the mid range, which I'm still not done watching. I've got it up right here on this other monitor. I'm still not done watching it. I'm going to watch it over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, it's currently 3.23 a.m. I'm still going to watch it all throughout the next day. A step back from Josh Giddy was fantastic, folks. And he's gotten very comfortable as a mid-range shooter. Uh, I think that we all kind of talk about his offensive shooting a lot. But this season, in the mid-range, Josh Giddy is shooting 43%. That's 71st uh, percentile for his position, according to cleaning the glass. So good to see him there, adding another form of comfortability with his offense. Three assists tonight. Should have had about 20, <laughs> according to the eye test, but only three. Seven rebounds tonight and a steal. That is Josh Giddy as a rookie, stepping up and understanding how important these possessions are and how important it is for the Thunder, who are playing smaller against the Blazers, that it is for them to end possessions on that end of the floor. Because whenever you're playing as small as the Thunder do, you're typically going to lose the battle of the glass and you're going to get out by a lot. And any little thing helps. Any way a guard can chip in and help, uh, of course, is a big deal in the long run to end possessions and not allow second chance opportunities. Josh Giddy continued to be great tonight. And Ty Jerome was also really good in this game. you got to give him a ton of credit, in my opinion, because his role the last two years has really been a roller coaster. And throughout stretches where he's not getting minutes or where he's you know, even getting starting level of minutes or, or plus minutes on the off the bench, he's been consistent. He stayed ready to go. While his minutes fluctuate up and down and up and down and up and down these last two years, he's always been ready when it was his turn in the rotation. He plays 22 minutes in this one, 11 points, eight assists from Ty Jerome, three rebounds, three for seven from deep. And you just have to wonder, can Ty Jerome be a sneaky trade deadline option? The Thunder have three first-round picks in this draft. They have so many more in the future. This roster crunch is not done yet, folks. The roster overturn is going to be real, and they're going to part with a lot of these guys who you've come to know and love because they just simply need the roster spots. The Thunder exercised his $4.2 million option for next season. He's a restricted free agent in the 2023-24 season. I do wonder if he's a guy that they move on from at the deadline, at the deadline just simply because they need the roster spot in the future. But right now, I wouldn't bet that. It's just kind of a good question to, to pose out there. And something to look for moving forward in the offseason and so on and so forth. But he plays really well in this one. I like Ty Jerome. I said last year that I think that he should be kind of a bench player in the future for the Thunder. But obviously, uh, the roster could dictate otherwise, just given the amount of picks you need to accommodate and the amount of players on the influx you need to accommodate. Someone has to get bounced in all of this. Someone has to be a casualty of all these picks, of all these future trades, of all these everything else that you're going to do down the line to make this team back to a competitive championship contender again. But I do want to tell you right now uh, that our good friends over at rockauto.com have you covered for everything that you need. They've been a family business for over 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts 
that your car would ever need. How wild is that, folks? 20 years ago, you probably couldn't send an email properly, but you could have been buying car parts online at rockauto.com. They help you save 30, 50, even 100% more on the same parts than chain stores do or dealerships do. So make sure you go check out rockauto.com. My favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars, absolutely nothing. I don't have to know anything about cars. All I have to know is when I make my model my year, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way I don't waste time, effort, or money on parts I do not need, parts I do not use, and they're not going to try to get one over on me because I'm a beginner or I'm a, I'm a guy who knows nothing about cars. They're not going to try to upcharge me in that way that other places might. So rockout.com, tell them that Lockdown sent you and the how did you hear about this box and they'll know what to do from there. Tell them we sent you again on the how did you hear about this box at rockout.com. Tell them Lockdown sent you. Rockout.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices on the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast.org. It's your teams every day. I want to thank you for listening to Lockdown Thunder, your first listen every single morning, every single day. We are here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, go check out the Lockdown Bets podcast. Lockdown Bets is winning you money, folks. Winning you money every day for free. Free and available just like we are on all platforms. Every episode's free. Every episode's available for you every podcasting platform and on YouTube. So go check it out over there, Locked on Bets. So we're back on the Locked on Thunder podcast, on the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to talk about Mamadi Diake, who starts this game and plays 30 minutes, 12 points, 2 assists, 7 rebounds, 3 blocks, 4 for 4 at the line, 0 for 2 from 3, but 50% from the floor and played awesome defense against Yusuf Nurkic. The Thunder absolutely love this guy. Uh, I really believe that had he not suffered that hip fracture at the preseason point of the season, that he would have taken over uh, the roster spot then from Gabriel Deck, who would have been waived at that time. I think that the injury to uh, Diaka could have saved Gabriel Deck's job at that standpoint. I I wonder what would happen. Again, we're never going to know the answer to this. We're never going to have the truth serum on Sam Presti to know for sure. But I do wonder if that's the case because this organization has so many positive things to say about Mamadi. And he's played very well on this another 10-day contract for him. Uh, will the Thunder sign him after these 10 days are up? That kind of coincides right with the deadline. They do have that open roster spot, but a few ways to use it. We mentioned before the two-for-one option. Of course, Mamadi Diake and, of course, Aaron Wiggins. How are they going to balance all of this? How does this roster even look on Friday after the deadline? Uh, but it's clear the Thunder liked this guy, and he played really well. Now, he did play great defense on uh Yusuf Nurkic, but Nurkic just didn't look like he wanted to be there tonight. Uh, he could have imposed as well a lot more in this game than he did, which he still had a nice game in this game with 14 points and 16 rebounds, but just the eye test, he just wasn't all the way in it. And Diak had to take advantage of this game. And, and he was thrust into that starting role because, of course, Favors did not play and Jerry was out. SGA was also out. Wiggins was also out. Isaiah Roby was also out. And Vic Critch was also out. Uh, Poku still did not play. Neither did Paul Watson Jr. For the Blazers, Dame didn't play. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, Keon Johnson, Nazir Little, uh, Justice Winslow, Cody Zeller, and Larry Nance Jr. did not play. Hours earlier, Portland trades Norman Powell and Robert Covington to the Clippers for Keon Johnson, Justice Winslow, Eric Bledsoe, and a bad second-round pick. Portland gets a lot worse. The Clippers got a lot better. 
OKC's draft scenarios are in danger now because LAC gets better and uh, Portland gets worse to kind of try to catch you in those tanking standings. Uh, again, the Thunder starting lineup was kind of weird. Josh Giddey, Trey Mann, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, Modi Diake. And the Portland starters were Simons, McCollum, uh, Ellie Bay, and uh, Snail with uh, Nurkic as well. How did the Thunder win this game? Well, Nurkic only had 14.16 rebounds and kind of had a, could have had a lot more had he imposed as well. Uh, McCollum and Simons had 19 and uh, 19, points, 19 points at piece on 37% shooting and 46% shooting, respectively. Portland only hit six threes, 18% from beyond the arc. OKC bench scores 32. Portland scores 21. OKC won the first, third, and fourth quarters. Portland had 58 points in the paint. OKC only had 28. Portland and OKC tied for eight fast break points. OKC had one more turnover. Portland had 16 more points off turnovers. OKC had seven. Portland large, Portland's largest lead was uh, by 10. OKC's largest lead was by seven. OKC had six in double figures, one player with nine points. Portland had four with double figures. 13 times this lead changed hands. Seven times it was tied. The Thunder shot 37% from the floor, 55% from three, and 71% from the line. Portland shot 39% from the floor, 18% from three, and 70% at the line. The bet of the day brought to you by good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.net. Betonline.net. The bet of the day was OKC plus six. Moneyball pick was Lou Dort. That cashed in. Both those cashed in. The MVP of the game was Lou Dort in this one for allowing the Thunder to have a better offense and also playing some stifling defense on the guards of Portland. Up next for the Thunder, they take on the Sacramento Kings on the second night of a back-to-back 9 p.m. tip on Saturday. We're going to recap that one as well. So make sure you subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. It's totally free. We're here for you every single day. Follow me on Twitter for live updates at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow me on Twitter again for live Thunder updates at Ryland underscore Styles, S-T-I-L-E-S. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.